Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. I'm supposed to write a bio about myself for this salon's website, and I'm just like... <laughs> Hello, I have hair, you have hair. Let's Get hair together. sometime! Let's hair. Sometime. <laughs> yeah. Uh, here, there, and every hair. Hair, there, and every who. <laughs> God, no. No, I shouldn't. No. Uh, even write it. I should hire someone. You should hire someone. I don't know who. Are you busy? <laughs> no. <laughs> Literally don't do anything. We are the pirates who don't do anything. <laughs> we just stay home and lie around. And if you ask us to do anything, we'll just tell you. We don't do anything. <laughs> We're going to get sued by big ideas. Are they still around? I don't know. I think it's for vegetables at us. Didn't you say that it's like less Christian you know? Uh yeah. Yeah. It's like I was watching an episode of it recently and it's like they still talk about Bible lessons, but they don't act out Bible stories as much. Yeah. Do they, do they talk about J C? I don't know. It's just more of like I don't know. It didn't feel super Christian, like, right until the end. They were like, because in the Bible, it tells us that we gotta share or yeah. whatever. Yeah. But. <laughs> it's like fucking all ducks go to heaven. Yeah. <laughs> oh, totally unrelated. I don't know. Share or some shit. For 30 minutes. Anyway, back like, to this mafia movie. Let's share. Yeah. 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 No, the episode that I watched was like, somebody's grandma had made cookies. They, like, lived in a house. Okay. But, like. This is a VeggieTales podcast Still now. on the kitchen sink so yeah everything still took place on the kitchen sink right but there was like a full-on house yeah like a dollhouse almost and yeah so somebody's grandma came over and like baked cookies and they were like what do you want for these basically and she's like i don't i don't want any kind of payment i just want you guys to share just as long as you share them yeah then that's all i care about and then bob was like i don't want to share so he hit him in the bushes and then Larry was like, we yeah. gotta share, and invited all their friends over, and all their friends came over, and Bob was just, like, giving them, like, crackers and, like, stale shit in the cabinets, because he was like, Bob. yeah, here's all these things that you can have, here, yeah, we're having a party, and they're like, we heard there were cookies, and they're at least like, nope, and then never heard of a cookie. Something stole the cookies Uh-oh. from the bushes, Uh-oh. and so nobody got any, mm. and Bob learned his lesson about sharing. Yep, that'll happen. And then, yeah, at the very end, they were like, Oh yeah, the Bible says. <laughs> um, That's where Grandma heard it at, right? So yeah. it was it was weird and generic, and the art style is different, and huh. yeah, strange. I don't like it. What if you were about to make a sandwich and you cut open a tomato and it was full of cookies? <laughs> God, <laughs> cut open all your vegetables and you're like, "There's 
fucking Why are they full of cookies? Cookies and all this these. This is so weird. Oh, God. Why do I have a dollhouse on my kitchen counter? Fuck! <laughs> oh, shit! Where did these Christian vegetables come from? <laughs> At least you know they go to heaven when you eat them. <laughs> I hope so. All veggies go to heaven. <laughs> I've heard. I've heard. That's a different movie. Yeah, it's rough. Anyway, we're here to talk about not that. Not that. If you could be, if you could like turn into an animal for like an hour. Yeah. What would you want to? A giraffe. Yeah? Yeah. I don't feel like they have a lot of fun. What? <laughs> <laughs> All that neck? <laughs> Fucking party time? You see a neck that big? <laughs> Doesn't evoke party? No. <laughs> Wait, what animal do you think has a lot of fun? Well, I mean... I don't feel like an hour is long enough to learn how to fly. No. So. Yeah. Something... I mean, it'd probably take me that long to figure out how to walk on four legs. <laughs> <laughs> Just tripping all over yourself. It'd be like that time... Do you remember that time we went rollerblading in our old neighborhood? Yeah, and you broke your tailbone. Not that time. Oh. <laughs> that time before. <laughs> when that guy drove by and yelled at me and he was like, Hey, you're cute! Do you remember that? No. I just yelled back at him and I was like, yeah, like a baby cow learning to walk. <laughs> like, That's pretty cute, though. Not graceful. No. Well, he didn't say graceful, to be fair. True. He just said just cute. Struggled every time we ever went rollerblading and I should have known better. Yeah. But anyway. uh, Giraffe. Well, okay. I mean, that's fair. I'm not trying to... Frog? Giraffe. Oh, a frog would be fun, too. It kind of depends. I feel like a frog's life is more in danger. Yeah, that's true. It kind of depends on the environment. Yeah. Um. Uh, well, I mean, There's so many factors. Yeah, I would say with all, with all the environmental factors involved, you know, like the perils and the. Rewards. Yeah, because if I was a giraffe, like, in the downtown of our city, yeah, I would also be in peril. Yeah. <laughs> that would be. Yeah, you probably wouldn't have a good time. No, but if you I were would... a giraffe on the Serengeti, yeah, or wherever they live, yes. Uh, but then, like, a lion could get you, I guess. Yeah. Or you could outrun one, like, on planet Earth. Yeah. I don't know. Hmm. Or be in a zoo and just, like, chilling with your friends. That does sound fun. Yeah. Until you turn back into a person and then you're just standing among the giraffes and they're like, hey, how'd you get in there? (laughs) Now they'll let you, like, feed giraffes and shit, but that didn't used to be a thing when I was a kid. Yeah. I remember one time I went into, like, because they had the little like enclosure area that you could go into yeah or they would be outside one or the other right and i just like went in there to see if there were any in there and there was one in there eating a watermelon and it spit watermelon all over me (laughs) (laughs) from like way up above and i was like i have been blessed (laughs) anointed (laughs) brother yes that's amazing yeah i fed giraffes last time i was at the zoo i still have never done it we need to go i know do the giraffes have to wear masks Draft germs? Think so. <laughs> it wouldn't be an authentic experience if they weren't wearing masks. If they were, oh yeah, you can't feed them. Yeah, they have to like take it and then walk six feet away. <laughs> Thank you. I'll be having this over here. They set up an outdoor indoor dining area. Yeah. <laughs> God. Uh, what animal would you be? Um. Well, yeah, I was gonna say a bird would be fun, just you know, because. To, to fly would be fun, but yeah, like if as you long know, as I know how to do it, yeah, if you know how to fly. immediately. Maybe I was being too practical with my answer. Yeah, less whimsical. Yeah, but or something that something um yeah, kind of amphibious that you so you could explore the oceans and not be as afraid. 
Yeah, I'd still be afraid, but yeah. For sure. But I mean, at least if you could swim or hide or have some sort of ocean... Experience? Experience, yeah. (laughs) You know, a a defense mechanism that creatures that live in the ocean have. Because, like, as people, we're useless in the water. We're just like, we can't swim. I'm squishy. We can't breathe. Yeah. (laughs) We don't have flippers or tails or gills or camouflage or nothing. Nothing useful. Land animals. We're not even that good on land. Barely. Me especially. Our... (laughs) Our evolutionary advantages are big brains and thumbs. Yeah. So. Big brain, small thumb. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, so I don't know. Something that flies or swims. In the water would be cool. Yeah, but... Just for one hour, though. Yeah. Do you have to think about where you end up? Well, yeah, well, I don't know. Like, Do you get to pick when it happens? <laughs> do you have a watch on your little flipper? <laughs> like, oh shit, I'm too far down. I gotta go up. Yeah. I'm about to turn back into uh, a person. Shit. That's a good question. I have a lot of questions. Maybe you have like a just like a yeah, timer in your brain. Meat wedge. Why are you asking me about turning into animals? Well, bucket snake. That is I. Because we're going to talk about the sword in the stone this week, <gasps> and he gets turned into a bird. Yes. And also into a fish. And a squirrel. And a squirrel. Yeah. Squirrel would be fun. Yeah, squirrel would be fun. Maybe like out in the country somewhere. Yeah. So you don't Run get hit by the trees and stuff. Yeah. Well, if hopefully if you had a human brain still, you would be like. I know not to go into the road. True. But, Or yeah. you'd just be too excited. Yeah. He learns to fly pretty quickly, though. Yeah, that's true. So. Anyway, Sword in the Stone. Sword in the Stone. Fuck yeah. Yeah. I am very looking forward to this. I feel like Mitch Hedberg, you remember that time when he's like, I have to stop saying totally. I say totally too much. I need to think of a new word. Yeah, and he starts saying all-encompassingly. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Would you like a banana? All-encompassingly. <laughs> So yeah. you're like, I can't say I'm excited for this. That's right. A, this is going to be a good time. I am looking forward to this. <laughs> that sounds completely natural. <laughs> Color me stoked. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, because obviously I like this movie. Mm-hmm. It has been a while since I've seen it. Mm-hmm. It feels like in that perfect range in my brain of like, I remember enough of it mm-hmm. to know that I like it. But right. I am looking forward to... The parts that I don't remember. Yeah. You know. This feels like one of those that I, I mean, just now forgot that he turned into a squirrel. Even there's, though, yeah. Even, yeah. That's the part that you quote all the time. Yeah. <laughs> because there's so much that happens in this movie. Yeah. Like, he turns into a squirrel and a bird and a fish. They fight, you know, Madam Mim. Yes. Um, there's a the whole side plot with him, like, being the squire for Kay because Kay's, like, trying to win this, oh, like, yeah. jousting tournament. Yeah, yeah. There's just so much that happens. Yeah, so what I remember is he gets called Wart mm-hmm. a lot. Yeah. Is that his real name? No, his name is Arthur. Okay. I didn't think so. I didn't know if it was like he gets dubbed Arthur later because he didn't actually have a name because oh. he was just like oh, okay. a shitty orphan <laughs> like, that no one cared about. It's the, a classic story. Yes, I'm more. <laughs> okay. Yeah, uh, no, his name's Arthur. I just remember him being, having to do a bunch of dishes mm-hmm. and getting yelled at. Yeah. And then Merlin and Madame Mim. Yeah. And yeah, them turning into stuff. Yeah, they have like a whole wizard's duel. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, the part with the dishes where Merlin like magics the dishes to do themselves. Yeah, like So on that they Fantasia. can go dick around yeah. and turn into squirrels. Yeah. Yeah. It's just a great, fun little movie. Why um, Why did you want to do this movie this time, <laughs> Meat Wedge? Well, because after last week with James and the Giant Peach being just a nightmare of a movie i mean it's fun and i love it but yeah 
It's dreary. It is it's mean. And then the week before that with All Dogs Go to Heaven, which is not a kid's movie, as we discussed. <sighs> which we both, I think, was that our first time crying on the pod? <laughs> I think so, yeah. <laughs> like, we talked about crying with Babe, but I was actually crying. Yeah. Talking about. Yeah, talking about Judith Barcy's headstone. Yeah. Sorry. <sighs> Thanks a lot, I, snack buns. I walked into uh, my girlfriend's house after that and was like, oh my god, and like just telling her everything. And I was like, did you know? And showed her a picture. Oh no. And I just ambushed her out of nowhere and it wasn't very fair. Yeah. <laughs> but she was crying too. And I was like, I'm sorry. I just had to tell someone. Right? That way you're not surprised when you listen to that episode. Anyway. Yeah. Yeah. That was rough. That's a way to spin it. I'm yeah. telling you now so that you, With you know. With no warning. Later. <laughs> uh, sure. Yeah. So we picked this movie as uh, light and refreshing. Yes. And hopefully there's not like a part where we're like, oh shit, we forgot. Yeah. <laughs> I don't think there I mean, is. I feel like his backstory is probably sad, but I don't know how much time they spend on that. I can't remember. Yeah. I don't think they talk about it a whole lot. The other reason too I wanted to pick it is just to do something that was a little bit different uh time-wise because that movie is a lot older than the things that we've been doing the past couple movies that we've yeah done. true we were stuck in late 80s early 90s yeah. for a while so i was like let's get out of that and into into a different era so i'm so for that as well as well yeah looking forward to it <laughs> now i've said that too many times. yes now we gotta now you gotta think of something else shit all right well anything else no <laughs> <laughs> why do you always say it like that <laughs> I have to ask. I'm just being a shit. It's my role on the podcast. <laughs> I just decided <laughs> I'm coming into my own. Yeah, really feeling it out. Yeah. All right, that's fair. All right, let's go watch it. Yeah. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass!" So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself and for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow! Did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombus, big comfort for everyone. Go to bombus.com/acast and use code acast for twenty percent off your first purchase. was a fucking delightful movie it was it was it was so nice and light and silly after all the sadness that we have been that we have wrought upon ourselves yeah and in turn you the audience yes you're welcome audience you're welcome audience <laughs> i started this pod i had this idea for this podcast because things are hard and i was like this will be fun <laughs> yeah we'll just watch some kids movies turns out things have always been bad <laughs> Everyone's parents have always been dead. 
You gotta go on a fucking adventure. Hit your head, fall down, call Chris Farley. Get it together. Cry about it. The IMDB for The Sword and the Stone is... A poor boy named Arthur learns the power of love, kindness, knowledge, and bravery with the help of a wizard called Merlin in the path to become one of the most beloved kings in English history. Aww. And not to correct IMDB, but it's weird that it says a wizard called Merlin in the path to become rather than on the path. Yeah. It's weird that he's in the path. It's like becoming one of the most beloved kings is coming for him. He's in its path. Yeah. <laughs> the plot is hitting him rather than... The other way around. I mean, isn't that the way that life works? You're just hanging out, being a scrawny dude, and then <laughs> one trying day, to wash boom! some goddamn dishes. Wizard! <laughs> I wish. Uh, yeah, actually. All right. Might spice things up a bit, at least. So the opening made me so happy. Hooray, 60s animation. Yes. I love it. It's so cute. The intro music is so fucking lively mm-hmm. and happy. Yep. Do a classic storybook opening. Yeah, I do miss that. I feel like Disney used to do that a lot more. Yeah. And they don't do it as much anymore. Well, I think because they used to be telling classic stories more. Yeah. I mean... Like storybook stories. Yeah. The Little Mermaid is, you know, a Hans Christian Andersen tale, right? And Oh, yeah. I think Frozen even is a... Oh, is it? Like a Danish fairy tale or something. Not that, you know, Disney doesn't write shit. Oh. Do they not? <laughs> <laughs> The opening song is pretty intense, though, just, like, telling the history of London and all the shit. Yeah. And a close-up of the sword that says, Whoso pulleth out this sword of this stone and anvil is rightwise king born of England. It's a hell of a way to pick a leader. Yeah. They were just like, fuck, we tried everything else. When I was typing that out, I was, like, waiting for the helpful Microsoft Office paperclip man to pop up and be like, I see you're writing a classic tale. (laughs) How can I help? (laughs) It looks like you're writing a decree for the kingdom. (laughs) Would you like some pointers? (laughs) Try putting lots of THs on the end of all your words. It makes you sound more important. (laughs) It looketh as though thou art attempting to write a decree. (laughs) Wow, thanks. Medieval paperclip. It's just made of, like, bronze instead of aluminum. His name is Sir Clippy back then. Oh my god, Sir Clippy. (laughs) Jesus. Don't forget I'm Sir Clippy. I was knighted. For being helpful. For being helpful. (laughs) Um, He's retired now, though. As he should be. So you get some background from the narrator where he says the world is dark and sad. But it's just showing examples of, like, animals eating, like, the circle of life type shit like yeah, it's not really that probably was still happening when uther pendragon was on the throne yeah <laughs> there probably were wolves right and hawks i hope eating squirrels we hadn't ruined the earth yet <laughs> you know i think that was just in lieu of showing like the world is bad because we're in a feudal system at this point and yeah. everyone is dying and hungry and the black plague is raging and yeah but they were like but like a wolf might eat a mouse and that's sad yeah, and that's sad. And it's a scranny little wolf, too, you know? <laughs> One did not Minnesota. Oh, shit. I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah, and then we get Merlin having a very hard time. I relate <laughs> so hard to Merlin because I have a tendency to, like, overreact. And also, like, if I were in this situation, I would 
100% turn around and kick that chain as hard as I could. Yes. And probably, like, break a toe. Like, the, this is how I handle things. Right, yeah. I'm just it's like, funny that you... Fuck! <laughs> feel you relate to Merlin, because later on when we meet Madame Mim, I yeah. wrote a note that was like, oh, I relate so much to her. <laughs> the older I get, the more I'm becoming her. <laughs> yeah. I mean, she, she Do you want to have is... a wizard duel? Yes. Tight. <laughs> She too is relatable, but just <laughs> Merlin just fucking. I'm always up to slam the door and then like yeah. something breaks and I'm like, ah! It's like, <laughs> just take a deep breath. <laughs> no. Figured, no, I won't. I will I not. Punch gravity. I've already. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yeah, and then we meet Archimedes, the sassiest owl of all time. He's and a, the greatest character. A highly educated owl. I want to yeah. go ahead and throw him in the hat for our end of the year wrap up 2021. Best character of all time. Favorite side character that deserves his own yes. movie. <laughs> yes. Because I wanted. He's in this movie quite a bit, but I was like, I want him to be in every scene. Yeah, what's his deal? So funny. Where's he from? How did he learn how to talk? Just magic? Archimedes, a highly educated owl. Yeah. Because he's not a person. It's just an owl. Yeah. Maybe he used to be a person, but he prefers being an owl. Maybe. But at one point, Merlin says, I'll turn you into a human. Oh, yeah. Not I'll turn you back into a human. True. But maybe it's just... Anyway. Yeah, so they're hanging out in Merlin's little wood house. Yeah. House in the woods. Yep. And Merlin is predicting Arthur's arrival and what he will look like. Yes. He's like guessing how old he's going to be and how tall and stuff. Yeah. He's uh, gonna come falling through the roof, right. land right here in this chair. Yes. For so tea. we cut to Arthur and Kay, mm-hmm. and Kay is trying to kill Bambi's mom. Yeah. But misses because Arthur falls on top of him. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so Arthur goes to find the arrow in the woods and uh, is stalked by the scrawny wolf. Who is also a recurring character. Yeah, he's like, hungry. Kind of feel bad for him. Yes. I kind of, I just want him to get some food. I know. Like, <laughs> could they toss him a literal bone? I mean, he has a bone, but you know. Yeah. Feed and, him something. Yeah, he's Damn. hungry. He's sad. Yeah. Um, well, I made eat. a note at this point that I love the way that this is animated. Yeah. I just love that, like, style from the era. Yes. Um, And the way the music is written. Where it, like, goes along with each action, like, very classic cartoon. Yeah. Fucking Mickey Mouse, Popeye shit. <laughs> yeah, you can almost kind of guess what is happening without looking at it. Yeah. Just from the feel of... Yeah, it's cute. And then, as predicted, what happens? Arthur falls through the roof of Merlin's house right into that chair. Yep. Although he's late. Yes. A little bit. He's a little late. Archimedes says something sassy. <laughs> That's just, I mean... <laughs> that's it that's the movie Archimedes says something sassy <laughs> that should have been the tagline <laughs> um Merlin tries to like explain what he's doing by showing him a locomotive model that he made that he puts some hot water into yeah know. he's like this is my proof that I'm from the future right because I've seen these inventions that won't be around for hundreds of years or whatever and as we will see merlin is very bad at explaining things and also has no idea it's like he keeps forgetting where he is in time yes he's being like you know like a helicopter like what right (laughs) yeah yeah he's like like a movie it's like television but with no commercials yeah (laughs) what it's not helpful at all sir you're just confusing the boy um (laughs) 
I also like that you can still see so many of the original, like, pencil markings Mm -hmm. on the movie, like, from, I I don't know why they didn't erase them, but I like that they're there. Takes a lot of time, I guess. Yeah. But, I I mean, even, like, nowadays, they could probably go back and clean it up. That's true. But I like that they kept them in. Yeah, I feel like it adds to the charm. Yeah. I love, and they do it so much from this movie, I love when they take scenes that are already drawn and they just kind of I'll just change this guy's hair and we'll change you yeah. know, a little bit and there are so many scenes from this movie that show up in Jungle Book because Jungle Book came out four years later oh I mean it's like a yeah. lot of scenes of like Mowgli climbing you know through trees and stuff is from this um the scene where Arthur is like stuffing cookies in his face and he's got like really wide eyes shows up in Jungle Book when Mowgli's yeah. eating bananas and talking to King Louis oh I just love it that's so seeing cute seeing them like yeah. get repeat because i mean it takes a hell of a lot of time and if you're like well i mean we got this scrawny little skeleton boy yeah we, we got we can do this pushing again. food into his face and then we're gonna that's, that's four <laughs> whole years ago nobody's gonna remember yeah they don't have vhs that's true we'll just we'll just reuse it yeah no one will remember but i love it i love see it and be like oh i've seen you yeah, yeah. and yeah. it's it's always the same dudes too i mean especially like you know the same guys drew this movie oh yeah the same animators so they're like i'm not even stealing it's literally my art right exactly but i love it that's very interesting yeah (laughs) the other ways that he kind of like proves that he's magical is that his fucking sugar caddy also has an attitude (laughs) about like putting sugar into their cups of tea which is cute merlin is like here's proof that magic exists everything here is cranky (laughs) And it wouldn't normally be. Has a part of my own cranky personality. <laughs> um, and then he, I also love that his beard and mustache are like characters in the movie too. Like they're always getting up to their own hijinks. Yeah, and he uses it for all kinds of stuff. <laughs> yeah, this part he's like cleaning his glasses with his mustache. Yeah, and then dusts all the sugar off the table. Yes. with his beard. <laughs> so cute. That's, I, that's the reason to have the big beard. Well, there's a point where. I'm sure it's in my notes somewhere, but there's a point where he says, if it weren't for this infernal beard. Yeah. And it's, it's when like, it gets all tangled up in his, like, pl- yeah, model in the plane. plane. Yeah. It's like, is it, do you have to have it? Yeah, like, <laughs> cut it, my dude. Legally? Required? <laughs> it's part of the wizard uniform, I guess. I mean, you can How clean up sugar with it. How you know that he's a wizard? Probably that he's wearing an oversized maxi dress. But... <laughs> and that hat. And his nightcap. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so, this movie... Has many themes. Mm-hmm. Man versus self. Man versus nature. Uh-huh. Merlin versus his own beard. <laughs> <laughs> it's, uh, it's a lot to ponder it's, upon. There's a lot going on. <laughs> uh, oh. <laughs> I made a note here. This is where I started to feel really bad about the poor hungry wolf because Merlin has like packed everything up. They're going to move to the castle. Yes. They're going the wrong way for a long time. Yes. <laughs> I know, I wrote, this wolf should just give it up, dude. I know. But then I was like, I mean, I feel bad for him because he's hungry, but he also, when he's wheezing, he sounds like even rude. Yes. From the rescuers. Yes. And I think that's why I was like pulling on my little heartstrings. Aww. It's like, somebody help this dragonfly. I mean, wolf. Right. <laughs> give him a sandwich. Yeah. I wish I could move house oh, yeah, the way like that, this. That Merlin does. Where he's he like, I got, Molda. how else did you think I was going to get it all in the suitcase? I'd like to know. <laughs> God, I wish I, I I think I've said that before, and then of course some snarky person is like, it, they would still weigh the same. You're not changing its mass. 
But he did. Like, it's magic. Yeah, he yeah, clicks it up. It's called fucking magic. There's a whole God, couch in there. Use your goddamn imagination. Right? <laughs> yeah, so I, I very much wish that I could move. Yeah. Like that. That would make tight. it so much easier. I know. You could start a magical moving service. Hell yeah. Anyway, on they their get... way back to the castle. Yeah. They, they go the wrong way for a while, and then they turn around, and they go to the castle. Uh, Merlin meets... Hector and Kay, mm-hmm. who they kind of give you a little bit of background that they've adopted Arthur because he's, I guess, just an orphan that they were like, this right. kid will wash dishes for us forever. Yeah, I mean, I he lives here. But Merlin shows up with Arthur and is like, I'm a wizard. And Hector's like, no, you ain't. Yeah. And he's like, watch this. And he like puts a blizzard on top of Hector. Yeah, a wizard blizzard. Yes, a wizard blizzard. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And then he disappears. Gadzooks. And then Hector just keeps calling him Marvin. I, I love that. <laughs> I do too. All right, Marvin. <laughs> it's uh, it, it's delightful. I like Hector. I mean, he's kind of a butthead, but but he's a fun character. He's fun, and like you see that he is worried about Arthur. Yeah. You know, he's like, "How could you let him go?" He off thinks that what he's doing for him is good for him. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, you know, I'm trying to help him. I'm trying to, he he can't be a knight because we don't know who his parents are or whatever, right. but I'm trying to give him a life and I'm yeah. trying to, whatever. I don't particularly understand the dynamics of this castle. Like, no. who are they? Yeah. Who lives there? Yeah. There doesn't seem to be very many people there, but there seems to be so many dishes yeah. all the fucking time. <laughs> How can there yes. be so many dishes? There's, why? They can't Why even... are there so many dishes? I don't think that they're wealthy enough to even eat that often. No. Well, I mean, Hector's <laughs> pretty big. And Kay's like a strapping young lad. So... I know, but I'm like, how? They're not royalty, but they do live in the castle. Yeah. they live a in castle. A castle. Yeah. And he is a knight. Yeah. He gets knighted. I don't understand. I don't know how it works. I don't either. This is not a history podcast. It's true. <laughs> Somebody go ask Dan Carlin. I don't know. <laughs> Well, and I I don't think that maybe this movie is particularly accurate. Yeah, it's that's not the important part. Definitely The important not. part is that Hector puts Merlin up in the guest room, mm-hmm. which is just barely held together. I know. That's... A few holes in the roof. When I was talking about it, I said, I mean, I don't exactly know how this works, but maybe stop buying dishes and fix your tower. Yeah. Even if you never have guests, it's going to come crumbling down and smash your house. You could probably make some shingles out of all the plates you have yeah then it would be like a fun airbnb attraction stay in the kitchen room there you go (laughs) (laughs) it's got a theme yeah everybody loves a theme uh why doesn't merlin just fix the tower i also wrote that there's no reason merlin couldn't fix it he's such a silly wizard yeah because i mean he says you know like oh magic won't solve all your problems boy but like it could solve some of your problems yeah if you can pack up your whole house you can fix a tower yeah you could make it more stable. You could make it... It's just... It's goofy. fine. Also... It's a plot device. Why did he unpack his whole house? Into that one room? <laughs> that one He didn't have to. No. He's not using all that he stuff. He could have just taken out the things he needed when he needed them. Yeah. He doesn't seem like a super logical person. No, he... <laughs> it's true. He never really knows what's going on at any given moment. No. Which is charming, but also a little frustrating. So, then we meet... Gay icon, Pelinor. Pelinor, dash it all! It's Pelinor! Look at that fucking pink 
outfit and his giant mustache so good and he's so dainty i know he pulls his little gloves off (laughs) he's like hector i've got news from london (laughs) he's so cute yeah so his news is that there's gonna be a tournament in london duh on new year's day we knew that pelinor the prize is gonna be the crown holy shit yeah so then hector's like well (laughs) we're gonna try and teach k jousting really fast real fast just i, I mean, mean they don't really say how far away it is or how much time passes that's true because there are i think it's still warm at yeah. this point yeah i mean he's so they have wearing short sleeves and stuff yeah he's so dumb though like Kay is so at least pelinor has some sense and is like i don't want Kay to be the king yeah that's an idiot terrible. <laughs> <laughs> that's terrible like no shut up yeah who asked you? We need a less drafty castle. So I'm going to make my son the king. Makes sense. Yeah. So Merlin becomes concerned about this, I guess, because Arthur is going to be the squire to Kay. And Merlin is like, no, you can do better than that. Right. You're not going to get anywhere with that kind of life. Right. You need an education. Um, I'm sorry. You need an education. <laughs> Merlin tells Archimedes that he's just going to cheat and use magic to convince Arthur, but he doesn't. Yeah. But he says he will. Yeah. He's a little contradictory. It's, yeah, I don't think that, he needs a secretary. <laughs> Archimedes, Archimedes is not helpful. No. About this. So they're walking through the woods, uh, Merlin, Archimedes, Arthur, and then Arthur and Merlin become fish and learn to swim. Yep. Yeah. That's very cute. I like that Merlin says, can you imagine yourself as a fish? And Arthur says, oh, hell yeah, I do that all the time. Yeah. What else cute. is he going to do? Yeah. Down but, there washing all them dishes. Yeah, absolutely. Thinking about being a fish. This movie is so pleasant. At this point, I made a note that I was like, I don't want to take notes. I just want to like yeah, <laughs> enjoy how pleasant and happy this movie is. And cute and fun. It and is. they start singing a little educational song. Mm-hmm. Arthur accidentally eats a bug because he has... Some fish instincts. <laughs> Merlin, I swallowed a bug. <laughs> but and yeah, that's this is the point I said. Girl, Merlin doesn't listen to his own goddamn self. You can't listen to him. But also definitely listen to him. Because, you know, he's like, Merlin, I swallowed a bug. He's like, oh, it's your instincts. And he said, but you did said I didn't have instincts. And he's like, yeah, <laughs> I did say that. Like, he's not <laughs> listening. He just says shit. Right. He doesn't know what he's doing. Yeah. He can just turn into an animal. He's just fumbling <laughs> through life. It's and like, also has magic. He skips. So later we find out that Arthur doesn't even know how to read or write. Right. But Merlin just skips straight to like, well, being a fish will teach you some life lessons. He doesn't even ask <laughs> no. if he can read or write. Yeah. He's like, I'm going to give you an education, boy. Let's be fish. <laughs> Makes sense to me. Yeah. I mean, to be fair. To be fair. Anyone could teach him to read or write, but only Merlin can turn him into a fish. That's true. I guess it's a waste of his, you know. This is the magic school bus approach. (laughs) (laughs) It really is. Applied logic is more useful than reading and writing. Yeah. Textbooks. We're going (laughs) into that child. God. (laughs) (laughs) All right. So, yeah. They find some tall grass that is very tickly. Yes. And they enjoy very much. Yes. They're being followed around by a frog, which I thought was cute. Yes. And then a big fish. Gee, Hosefat. <laughs> I wrote all these down because 
Because you love them. I love them. I wrote, actually, what I wrote was, Christ, that's a big fish. And then I wrote, Jehoshaphat, that's what I meant. Yes, exactly. You can't say Christ. He says, by Jove, a lot, too. Yeah. Which is something that I forgot was a thing people used to say. Mm-hmm. Or maybe Ector says it a lot. Uh, yeah, I think so. I don't know. But he's trying to outsmart the fish, because Merlin is has just abandoned him Will to not death. help. Yeah. Yeah. No, this is the time to use your brains. And he's like, yeah, okay, I've been a fish for five minutes. Yeah, this is the first time we're hanging out, and now I'm going to die. <laughs> also true. As a fish, and no one will ever know what happened to me. No one will ever know. But he, it works for a little bit, but the fish is big and he is little. Yeah. So Archimedes has to step in and save him in, like, just a mess of a way. Not no. graceful whatsoever. No. But when Archimedes is all wet and bedraggled and just standing there with his feathers all like, oh my god, he's so cute. Yeah, and Merlin's like, oh, what was that about? I thought you didn't even like fish. And he says, young perch is my favorite dish. You know that. <laughs> pin feathers and gully fluff. <laughs> he says pin feathers so much. I don't really know what it means. Um, but I guess it's like a owl curse word. Sure. <laughs> so owls curse. So they go back to the castle. Mm-hmm. Arthur gets in trouble for telling a... A fish tale. A fish tale for lying, quote unquote. I'm so annoyed in this moment where Hector's like, you know, he gets mad at him. He yells, go demerits, go down to the kitchen, right. whatever. But then he's like, either he's lying or something fishy is going on around here. And it's mm. like, you know, there's a wizard in your house. Yeah, he proved it to you. You met him. Yeah. You, he made a blizzard, then he disappeared right before your very eyes. Um, excuse me. A wizard blizzard. A wizard blizzard. And then he showed back up. So, like... That sounds like a strain of weed. <laughs> <laughs> it does. Yo, dude, you got any more of that wizard blizzard? <laughs> I'm trying to get iced. <laughs> Does that sound cool? <laughs> yes. I, I just don't understand his disbelief. No, me neither. Or he's like, yeah, Mar... Merlin. Oh, Marvin. <laughs> Merlin turned me into a fish. He's yeah. Like, Bullshit. Right. Go wash a dish. <laughs> or two thousand. Two thousand. So then we actually go down to the kitchen. Yeah, and see. It's and not even really a see- kitchen. It's just a room full of dishes. It's just, yeah, it's there the no, dishes like, basement. There, yeah. The, <laughs> there's the dishes storage. <laughs> there are no, there's not a stove or anything or a fire to cook or however the fuck you cook back then no there's nothing down there that lady who shows up later whose name we never learn not important she's a woman (laughs) (laughs) she's like i better not ever see you around my kitchen ever again and it's like what do you make down here besides a fucking mess (laughs) that's what they eat just piles of mess (laughs) yeah but so merlin goes down there and is like have you ever considered being a squirrel? <laughs> and Arthur's like, I Piss have to off, dude. <laughs> do these fucking dishes. You just got me in trouble. Yeah, this is your fault. Also, I almost died. I'm still recovering. Like, what do you want from yeah, me? Yeah, the trauma. The, where, while you hid in a helmet and laughed. Yes. I'm still processing this. While I quietly wash dishes, please go away. <laughs> yeah, here's my giant note. Who is making all these dishes? Like, how many people live there? I think five. Five We've people. Got five people. We've got Hector, K, and K, that lady, whose name we don't know. Right. Arthur, and then who clearly K- doesn't eat anything. Right. And then whomever opens the gate for Pelinor. 
Yeah. Pelinor. I could not think of his name for a minute. I was like, Peloton. No way. Because <laughs> Pelinor doesn't live there. I don't think. He's just visiting. I don't know. He might live there because he's there for the rest of the movie. Yeah. Well, probably because it took him forever to get there, but. True. Yeah. When you go for a visit, I guess you stay for a while. Yeah. I'm not sure. I guess he is there. Yeah. The rest of the time. Mm-hmm. But I don't know if he lives there or not because Hector seems like very stoked to see him. Maybe he'd been gone for a and while. And not in like a welcome home sort of way, but like, oh, what up, dude? Like, he's, It's kind of yeah. unexpected that he shows up. I mean, maybe he someone... lives on the other side of the castle and they just never see each other. <laughs> it's really far apart. Somebody opens the gate for him. And I it's mean... clearly not Kay or Ector because they're in that room and they're like, oh shit, Pelinor's here. So yeah, that's five. And then maybe if Pelinor lives there, that's six. There has to be some sort of royalty that lives in this castle, like a local lord or lady or something. Or yeah, both. yeah. And it's not Hector. And there are just knights that they also just live hang there. Out there. Yeah. And Interesting. The dishes basement is just the culmination of. Well, in that case, the whole castle's. Oh, and Hobbs. Yeah. Also lives there, but he's also a child. So that's. Do they seven. ever show Hobbs? No. Okay. Maybe he opens the gate, but I doubt it. Yeah. But yeah, well, if, if that's the case, though, then they should probably get at least one other person to wash dishes besides Arthur. He's just a boy. Maybe there is someone just making more dishes. That's their job? Like in the producing castle. dishes. Yeah. And then Arthur cleans them and then throws them away. <laughs> <laughs> Seems inefficient. Anyway, this podcast is not about the trouble of dishwashing. It is. <laughs> the dishes conundrum. <laughs> The dish. Dish. Anyway. Dishing on dishes. Mer- <laughs> Merlin says, hey, do you want to be a squirrel? And Arthur's like, no. No, fuck you. I'm washing the dishes. I'm busy. And Merlin's like, well, I can do that. Nobody said you physically had to be here. Just that right. they had to get done. Exactly. Let's go. So he casts a spell and the dishes start washing themselves. Which I love. Yeah, it's very cute. Very Fantasia. Yes. And then they're turned into squirrels. And then they're squirrels, which my note says Merlin was like, wanna be a squirrel? And then fucking hates being a squirrel. Yes. <laughs> he's so nervous the whole time. Yeah, he's like, don't jump. Be careful. Watch what you're doing. Even when you watch what you're doing, you're gonna fail. You might fall. So, yeah. Whoop! <laughs> so, yeah, they're just running around the treetops, having a great time. Then a lady squirrel shows up. Girl squirrel. <laughs> Girl squirrel. Um, also, I do love that Merlin is a blue squirrel. Yes. If I ever saw a blue squirrel, I would be very happy. Yes. With his little spectacles. His little glasses. He's so cute. Arthur's like, uh, what the fuck is up with this girl squirrel, my dude? And Merlin is like, well, we don't really have time to talk about it because we can't have a birds and the bees discussion in a movie rated G. Don't worry about it. So he sings a little song about love and how just don't fight it. Yeah. Um, this song is a little problematic. The whole scene is a little bit... Teenage. These girl squirrels are aggressive yeah and like, i mean maybe that is how squirrels behave i don't know i'm not a squirrelologist that's true <laughs> as you can see um but the song itself is just a little bit yeah you don't just quit fighting it man yeah go with it dude yeah like she's gonna have you one way or the other so just you know like yeah ooh. arthur's like okay i'm a human 11 years old <laughs> also a child yeah this is a squirrel I'm a boy. Like a squirrel. <laughs> like, this yes. is not a girl that you've turned into a squirrel. No. This is a squirrel. Yeah, this is also traumatizing. Get her to leave me alone, which he probably 
could do. Yeah, he probably could. But then, uh, whatever. Merlin's karma in the form of a lady squirrel appears to him. Mm-hmm. And then the lady squirrel that's obsessed with Merlin is like very aggressive. Yes. Also. Yep. There's a lot of, uh, what's the word? There's a lot of slapstick comedy in this part where they're like running away from the squirrels and like running into things and falling on woodpeckers and Archimedes and. Yeah. It's very funny. Yes. So this is where Merlin is trying to convince the lady squirrel to leave him alone. And he says, Madam, Madam, <laughs> I am not a boy. I'm a, I mean, I'm not a squirrel. I'm a boy. I mean, I'm an old man. <laughs> I'm an old man. <laughs> this is my favorite part. Yes, it's very cute. And then he does turn himself back into a human man. And the lady squirrel is upset, and he's like, I told you, I'm an ugly, horrible, grouchy old man. <laughs> Same. Yes. And then, <laughs> you you are a lot like Merlin. <laughs> I know. The fucking scream that this squirrel lets out. Yes. 100% human. <laughs> exactly. I love it. Just pure horror. It's kind of funny. And then Arthur gets turned back into a human, and the little girl squirrel is so sad. But for, I do want to say, like, I do love... This little girl squirrel is a badass. Yeah. Because she's like, oh no, Arthur's going to get eaten by that wolf. And she yeah. just. She saves him from the like, wolf. Bites that wolf on the leg. Entirely committed. Badass. To spending the rest of her tiny squirrel life with tiny squirrel Arthur. I know. It is. It's sad. It's that... her tiny squirrel heartbroken. I know. <laughs> and Arthur feels really bad about it too. Yeah, he should. <laughs> it's not his fault. I know. It's he was Merlin's just trying fault. to run around being a squirrel. Right. So back at the castle. Yes, I. I have adopted your method of breaking the movie up into chunks with, like, bold subtitles of what part of the movie that we're in. Yeah. My subtitle for this part says, Oh, them dishes still going. (laughs) (laughs) Oh. (laughs) I wrote, Hector finds the kitchen, attacks it, gets a bath. (laughs) (laughs) Probably the first one he's had in some time. Yeah, he probably needed it. Yeah. But, like... The mop attacking Kay and then Hector being, like, in the giant bucket. I was like, these people in real life would die and yeah. it would actually be a terrifying way to go. Yes. It's just a mop wrapped itself around your face. And started mopping the floor with you. And swirled you to death. <laughs> Waterboarded. Oh, God. <laughs> but in the context of a Disney kids movie, it's funny. It's very cute. Yeah. Um, Not to harp on a theme here. Go ahead, harp. Harp away. How are there still dishes to be done? It looks like the clean pile has not grown. <laughs> like, the as background dishes as, are exactly the same. As soon as Merlin and Arthur left, they're like, well, we're not fucking doing it. Yeah. And then when somebody comes in, they're like, da 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 clean in. Hey, we've been working real hard yeah. this whole time. Yeah. Unlimited dishes. <laughs> dishes unlimited. That's dishes what this place unlimited. is called. <laughs> And Hector talks in bubbles for like 20 minutes. Yes. And it's very funny. <laughs> um, yeah, this part makes me a little sad because like he's telling Hector just because you don't understand something doesn't make it wrong. Yes. But Hector's like, no. Yes. <laughs> this is medieval times, my dude. I don't like magic. Yeah. Gadzooks! Black or- magic of the worst kind. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, cleaning. Wow, it's terrible. <laughs> You would think Hector would be like, hey, could you hang out, like, all the time? Yeah. And like, just get shit clean? Could you fix the tower? Like, maybe he should be nice to him. 
And things would get done. Yeah, he can fix things and make your life easier, but no. No. We take pride in how hard our lives are. Doesn't sound familiar at all. So Merlin is giving Arthur a pep talk about education in the tower. Is this movie sponsored by Big Knowledge? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. The Big Brains? Yeah. Came in and they were like, we need kids to know that learning is cool. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And this is cool to learn. Oh, there's a part, too, where, like, Merlin is smoking a pipe, which, mm-hmm. like, kids' movies and smoking. Yeah. And then Archimedes, like, chokes on the smoke, which reminds me so much of All Dogs Go to Heaven with Carface and Killer. Yeah. Where he's, like, always blowing smoke in his face and he's, like, choking. I'm yeah. Like, Why is this a weird theme in kids' movies? I'm not sure what this is. Yeah, that is very strange. I mean, across. this movie came out what was made in the 50s came out in the 60s yeah literally everyone smoked all the time yeah but it's it is a little bit different yeah in a movie that came on the 80s that that's more of like a villain power move yeah whereas this is just just this this is just a thing that happens poor archimedes little bird lungs yeah so archimedes after recovering starts teaching him the alphabet Mm -hmm. and he's very mean it starts out kind of cute because he's like fine i'll teach him yeah and he like Starts pecking his head because he got something wrong. Yeah, he put his letters backwards. Merlin starts talking First about time ever. flying. Yeah, for out of nowhere. Yeah, and he crashes a model plane with his beard. Which, he's his beard is all tangled up in the prop. Yes. He's looking right at it. Yeah. Because he's like, I'm going to throw this. And it's like, your beard is... He should know. Careful. Oof. He's the most airheaded, power, most powerful wizard of all time. Yes. But when the plane crashes, Archimedes laughs so hard for so long. I know. That part must have been fun to record. Yeah. To be the voice actor, I'm just like, all right, dude, just go off. What's the funniest thing you can think of? <laughs> they were just tickling Junius Matthews for like <laughs> 10 minutes. <laughs> uh, oh, that that is a fun thought. Like, I wonder if they were just telling him jokes. Yeah, just to get it. I mean, like, this bird is going off. He is. I mean, he... And it sounds like genuine laughter. It does. Which is interesting, too. So Merlin has traveled through time, but Archimedes has not. Archimedes just stays put because yeah. he has not seen planes. Yeah, and he thinks that it's stupid. Yeah, yeah. So what does he? He just hangs out. I mean, I guess. Or did they like? That's just who he hangs out with when he's in this time period. Yeah. Did they just kind of meet each other on their trajectories? I don't know. Which and brings up the question: Could Archimedes talk before? Did is, oh, is he Merlin the one of... who taught him to talk? Yeah. Also, Can you I just teach that, any owl to talk? Yeah, Archimedes just talks to humans in this movie, and they're like, oh, talking owl. And yeah. that's it. They don't really like... Nope. I guess things were more magical back then. I guess so. But yeah, so Merlin goes ahead and makes Arthur into a bird, because he's like, I've always thought about flying. It's my favorite dream. Yeah. That's very sweet. Does it on the sly, which is cute. Yeah, and Merlin's like, I'm going to teach you how to fly, and Archimedes is like, bro, what? I <laughs> have wings. Bird. Actual bird. Yeah, let me do it. He's got a point. So they start flying. That's very cute. Arthur Bird, so cute. Yeah. The way he's drawn with his little, like, hair tuft. Yes. Just fucking adorable. Yeah. And this is actually, like, this is the sweetest that Archimedes is up till this point. Yeah. Because he's like, you're doing great. We're there. They're having fun. And he's a natural. Yeah. Yeah. That's very cute. The whole scene is just so adorable. And then there's a big hawk. Because there's always something. Like, you never just have fun. I know. There's got to be a big fish or a horny squirrel. Or a hungry hawk. Yep. Like, it's just rude. Yeah, it is. Um, So they have to escape him. Yeah, they, they're they flying away from the hawk. This part, 
And I looked it up because I was like, there's no way. The movies are too far apart. But the way Arthur says help mm-hmm. sounds just like Charlie from Willy Wonka. Yeah. Like when Charlie is floating up to the ceiling and is like, help. Right. It, it's like the same exact voice. It's yeah. very strange. Huh. But anyway, Arthur crashes through the roof of a marvelous Mad Madam Mim. <laughs> she is fantastic. I think she gets forgotten a lot on like lists of Disney villains. Yeah. But she's so good. She's not in the movie for very long, I guess. Yeah. Like, in the grand scheme of the length of the movie. It's true. She's not, like, the antagonist. Right. She's just, she's, like, another speed yeah. bump. Yeah. Just another like thing. Another lesson with. to learn from. But, I mean, you know, not even, like, cursory. She just kind of gets forgotten all the time, like, as a I know, I love as her. As a villain, and she's so good. Her little outfit is cute. Mm-hmm. She talks about how much she loves being bad. Yep. And being by herself, and yep. like living in the woods alone, and being grouchy, and I was just like, yes. Yep. She makes herself into a pig. Yep. And she makes herself really pretty. She's like, I could be even uglier. And he's like, well, that would be a magical feat. <laughs> oh, sorry. He's like, no, 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 it's cool. I said it. And then she says, I'm an ugly old creep. <laughs> <laughs> when she turns herself into like a, a beautiful lady, yeah, she reminds me of uh, Auntie Medusa from The Rescuers. Oh, She's yeah. the same like features and her eyeballs and she stuff, made me but. i was thinking of what's her name miss nice lady i think is her name from the powerpuff girls oh yeah when their dad starts mm-hmm. dating a woman who's actually i think she also turns into a medusa character huh i can't remember it actually hasn't been that long since i've seen that episode but yeah they have the same like overly feminine like body shape and like two soft features you right know, that kind of thing yeah but i love her I do too. And she's like, all right, well, I have to destroy you if Merlin likes you, but we're going to make it fair. So I'm going to turn into a cat and I will catch you. Yep. And she does. She does. And Merlin shows up. Yes. And Mim's like, fine, let's have a wizard's duel. <laughs> she goes, what do you want to have a wizard's duel? And then slaps him in the face a bunch. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, pow, 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 pow. I love it. <laughs> So she sets up some rules that we all obviously know she's going to break. But she breaks them immediately. Immediately. No disappearing. Poof. Gone. (laughs) Just gone. No disappearing. No vegetable or mineral. Yes. Animals only. Yeah. And no big pink dragons. Yes. Well, she says nothing made up like, I don't know, big pink dragons or something. Yes. So she tries to justify it later. Yeah, she's like, oh, it's a pink dragon. She said, did I say no purple dragons? But you said nothing made up, madam. So she turns herself into a pink alligator. Yep. He turns himself into a turtle. Yes. Now he's a bunny and she's a fox. He's a caterpillar and she's a chicken. He's a walrus. She's an elephant. He's a mouse and she's a tiger. She's a snake. He's a crab playing (laughs) whack-a-mole. Now she's a rhino. She's going to smash him into a tree. She gets stuck in the tree and he turns into a goat and smashes her ass. Yeah. <laughs> then she becomes the giant purple dragon. That whole scene is just so much fun. It's so cute. It must have been so fun to write yeah. and to animate. I it's just, so yeah. whimsical and clever, and I love how their features are retained. I yes. mean, we've seen it the whole movie with yeah. Merlin, but you know, she's still like You can tell who's who immediately. Yeah. She's still pink and purple and she's got her like goofy hair and she's like when she turns into a tiger and she's just like super fat. Like yeah. it's just so cute. <laughs> Yeah, and it still, I think, sticks with the theme of Merlin trying to teach Arthur, like, 
brains over brawn because he's always trying to like outsmart her rather yes. than just be bigger exactly or, or stronger or whatever yeah, yeah. Yep. um because yeah, he turns into these creatures that you think like well it's not you're gonna it's not get bigger yeah yeah but they've got advantages yeah so when she becomes a giant purple dragon he's mm-hmm. like well shit he turns himself into a disease yep it makes her sick yes which is just like damn somebody knows about microbiology yeah <laughs> everyone <laughs> else is like what a what even mim yeah a what she don't know about germs no so then they cut to her being home sick in bed which i thought was cute because like they're mortal enemies but he still like tucks her in and tells her how to get better yeah and then like cuts a little hole in the roof to be like and plenty of sunshine (laughs) i hate sunshine (laughs) oh it's so cute yeah i did write though at this point dude they still gotta make arthur king I know so well, much like, has happened. There's, it's, this scene is this so is almost the end, though. It's true. Yeah, but I mean, this scene is so there's so much going on that you're like, oh yeah, there's a whole subplot. You almost forget that this movie is not about like Mim and Merlin. It's right. about Arthur becoming king. I would watch a movie about Mim and Merlin though. Hundred percent. Yeah, and Archimedes because they've got a whole backstory. <laughs> oh yeah, they clearly hate each other. Enemies forever. Yeah. What's that about? Give me more. Mm-hmm. So. We cut back to Arthur washing dishes again. Yep, that's all he does. <laughs> you uh, think he would have stronger arms he's from all the scrubbing? You would think. Maybe he's just bad at cleaning. That's true. Maybe that's why he keeps cleaning. He gets he's like supposed one dish. to be doing it, but he doesn't. Yeah, or he just gets one dish done a day. Like <laughs> I'm tired. Um, so we find out that Hobbs has the mumps and can't be Kay's squire for the trip to London. Right. So Arthur gets to go to London. Yep. And then he's very excited. And goes to show Merlin that he gets to go, and Merlin is mad because Arthur's excited, and it's really mean. Yes. I wrote, don't be a butthurt baby, Merlin. It's like Merlin doesn't live in the same, like, I mean, obviously we've said several times he doesn't understand what time period he is in, but like, for Arthur to be an orphan and to get to be a squire is like a big deal. It's a big deal. This this is is as high as he can reach. Yes. He doesn't know that there's anything. And there really isn't anything else. No, he's not going to be a professor or a lawyer or an inventor. No, you can fill his head with as much. He can read all of those books that are piled in your house and it isn't going to make a difference. People will probably just think he's crazy. Yes. <laughs> and it just makes me sad that Mar- Merlin doesn't understand that when he understands so many other things. Right. And there's no reason why, especially if Kay becomes king... There's no reason why Arthur can't continue his education after that happens, once right. Kay is the king. Yeah, because he would move to London with him. Yeah, absolutely. And probably There's... have a better life. I mean, Hector is still his foster father. He'd you know? have a He's better life if he were a squire, family. too. Yeah. Yeah. She's <sighs> trying to get a job. So, like, it <laughs> it just feels very weird that there's, like, this... Is there, like, a deadline that Merlin's right. trying to meet? Well, no. I mean, I guess he does know that he's going to be crown king when he's young at some... I don't think he knows the details, but, you know, at some point. He's like, he's got to be smart before he's king. I guess. But he can just keep getting smart while he's... Like, I don't know. Yeah, it just seems rude to, like, discourage him from... Yeah, well, and also it turns out he can be king without right. all that. Yeah. Because he just does. Right. So Merlin gets so mad that he says, Blow me to Bermuda! <laughs> And then he just fucking rocket launches. He's just gone. <laughs> He's like, where did he go? I think a little bit like on accident. Like, I think he said it and then was like, oh. Yeah, I don't think go. that he meant to at all. <laughs> I think he was trying to go anywhere. No. And then, and then Arthur's like, um, where did he go? And Archimedes is like, well, to Bermuda, presumably. To Bermuda, I suppose. Yes. No. So then we cut to the tournament in London. Uh-huh. 
I love all of the colors in this part. Yes. The way everything is animated is kind of like, it's very bright, but it's also like simple and stark. Uh-huh. It's a really cool art style. Yeah. And they're watching the tournament happen and Arthur forgot Kay's sword. Yeah. He's like, oh shit, we need the sword because when you get knocked off your horse, you're going to have to fight someone. You're going to look like an idiot. I mean, in his defense, he didn't get a lot of practice, but woof, worst squire ever. Yeah, but Forgot. also when they're leaving the inn, he sh- they should have been like, all right, phone wallet keys. Right. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. Like, sword. But <laughs> joust, shield, sword. Also, that's, Helmet. that's Arthur's job. It's true. It's to remember that shit. He was too excited. That's he's the point of having years old. a squire. Yeah. So he's like, all right, shit, I gotta go back. And Archimedes is with him, which is really cute. Yes. Yeah, the fact that Archimedes stuck around at all. Like, he could have left. You know, yeah, he's like, I don't like you. Him. This isn't my problem anymore. But he was like, he's all alone now. Yeah. He's gonna hang around. out with them. Yeah. So they run back to the inn. Mm-hmm. And the door is locked because everyone's at the fucking tournament. Of course. Let's shut the town down, I guess. Yep. So he sees the one in the stone. And he goes over and he's like, oh, I'll just take this one. Yep. And it like lights up. And Archimedes is like, ah, maybe we should leave it alone. Maybe, maybe, maybe better And Arthur's not. like, ah, but we need it because Kay. Yeah, I'm not going to let him down. Right. So he just pulls the sword out. How do, for all of their, well, for all of Archimedes' wisdom and all of Arthur's living in that time period experience, neither of them know what the sword in the stone is. Well. Has it, it's, it's fallen into legend. It's been there for so long. Yeah, they don't really give a timeline of how long it's been there, I guess, yeah. until this happens. Because they have forgotten it. They say in the beginning that, that it, it kind of forgotten. became forgotten because the vines grow over the picture and stuff, which indicates a passage of time. Of course. It's a... Uh, what's that word? A storytelling device. A device. Vines growing is a time-passing device. Yes. Storytelling sentence structure. Yeah. <laughs> Nailed it. <laughs> Thank you. I talk for a living. <laughs> Arthur can't read. No. So he doesn't know... What it says. He probably hasn't heard the story. He's 11 years old. This has been going on for centuries. Everyone's forgotten about it. If Archimedes got close enough to read it, he may have known, but he didn't. Yeah. So he was like, I don't know. Somebody left a sword here and I'm going to take it. Yeah. That's true. Yeah. So takes it. Everyone's like, hey, where'd you get the sword? And he's like, oh, I pulled it out of that stone over there. Is that okay? My bad. <laughs> Everybody's like, tournament pause. Yeah. We got to go check this out because it's a big deal. Right. Yeah, so they go back to the courtyard, they put it back in the stone, they're like, you pull it out. And then they're like, no, wait, let us pull it out, because once it's been pulled out, it, it probably is not hard to do. Right, case like anybody could do it, I could do it. Yeah, so everyone piles on trying to pull it out of the stone. Nobody can do it. Nope, but Mis- Pelinor. Mysterious voice from the back. The real OG. Yeah. Says, I say we listen to the boy. And then that like big yeah, just, like, man deep, with dark hair. Deep-voiced stranger from the back is Pete like- Postlewaite. Yeah. <laughs> It's like, let the boy speak. Yes. <laughs> it's a tradition in London. Mm-hmm. So he pulls the sword out all by himself with the sun shining down yes. and lots of little chorus of voices. Yeah. And he's king now. Hail Whether king he wants Arthur. to be or not. Hail King Arthur. <laughs> and everybody has to bow to him and it's very cute. Yeah. I thought that the movie ended there, but there's a little bit more. Which there is... is just a little bit. Yeah, it's but it's cute. Mm-hmm. Because he's just sitting on the throne like, well, what the shit do I do now? Right? I'm going to run away because I don't know what I'm doing. I can't even read. <laughs> How is no one in that room with him? Yeah, they ju- they just put him in that room and they're like, all right, that's they're solved. Like, yeah, we have a king now. 
back to work. Yeah, no briefing. No briefing? No... Yeah, there's no... Was there any kind of government at all? Like, there's no, like, oh, I've been kind of running things for the past however many years. Yeah, they're definitely... Here's what I was doing. Nobody is, like, bringing him a snack. Like, there's nothing. You could, yeah, you could believe that some time had passed and all of that had maybe happened, except that when they try to escape, there's still people yelling outside, which implies that this just happened. Well, and I mean, literally that whole room is just empty. Yeah. There's not, like, a jester. There's not... Like, soldiers making sure no one tries to assassinate him. There are very few people in this movie. It's true. Maybe they just didn't want to draw them. That's what I was going to say. Maybe like, ah. <laughs> it's hard. You get the point. We don't have computers. Yeah. Uh, so then Merlin returns. Yeah. Arthur says, I wish Merlin was here. And Merlin shows up wearing the coolest outfit ever. Yeah. It, it reminds me of the scene in Aladdin when the, when the genie, genie goes on vacation or gets ready to go on vacation. <laughs> yeah. It's very his Hawaiian cute. shirt and his oh. goofy hat. Yes. So he comes back and complains about how he was in Bermuda in the 20th century. Yep. And he hates it. He calls the, it a... A modern mess. I don't remember exactly what he says. <laughs> he does. He says, what a, a modern, modern mess. Yeah. 20th century. You can keep it. <laughs> you should do the whole thing. I don't know what it, I don't know what it is. I won't. Fine. Not a jukebox, but it's me. <laughs> the end (laughs) he says oh that's right you're gonna be arthur of the round table a round table or a square table if you don't know (laughs) it's very sweet he's like you're gonna be remembered forever as a great king yeah don't worry i'll be here to help you yeah i probably won't accidentally shoot myself to bermuda again yeah probably not he probably was i mean he wasn't gone for that long right i mean Honestly, Archimedes is more helpful than Merlin. Yes. But Merlin's <laughs> got the not, magic. But he's not going to get him into any, like, weird situations. Right. But the two of them combined clearly went on to make him one of England's most beloved kings. Exactly. So, yeah. The end. The end. How did you feel about it? Replay? Rewind? Oh, definitely replay. Oh, for sure. Yeah, no question. It was... A very enjoyable watch. So silly and cute and actually made me laugh. Yeah, like I wrote, I genuinely guffawed <laughs> a few times because I really did. Yeah. Mostly but, just from the noises that Merlin makes. Yes. Though, when he's Merlin trying is to get stuff done. Hilarious. And the wizard duel is just so fun. Yes. I love it so much. Ooh. I have a question. What? Would you want to be a ruler of a country? No. Yeah, I know. I feel like that's such a terrible fate. Yeah. I mean, I think in medieval times it was like, okay, so you're going to be warm and fed. Yeah. That's true. And that's why people wanted that position. Yeah. Your house is big. You get to sleep on a bed. Yeah. Inside. Yeah. You probably won't die of hunger. Yeah. You'll probably die in battle. Right. (laughs) Unless you could be like a good king that keeps the peace you know and there's right. not too many battles and you just kind of like just keep your people happy i mean yeah but if somebody was like congratulations you're now the ruler of a, a, no no i want to be even now i would take if anybody's offering i'll take this position right now yeah i would love to be a princess hmm. not in charge of shit yeah just have just lots show up of money and look nice yeah get to go to balls and i don't know i feel events. like the recent uh, troubles of Harry and Meghan. I don't want to be 
a British princess. Okay. I want to be a princess of a country where most people forget that they have a royal family. Yeah, that would be nice. And nobody asks your opinion on anything. Yeah. Or how to, like, but But also you problems. can go to, like, you know, the way that, like, Princess Diana did and be like, I'm going to use my money and my title and all that right. to, like, help people. But then also I could go to, like, go to things, could go to the supermarket and nobody's like, is that... Princess of Finland over there? Because they don't even know that Finland... Where, they can't even find Finland on a map. Right. Let alone the fact that Finland has Well, if you live in Finland... In Finland, it... Yeah, because sometimes I would like to be like, hell yeah, I'm a fucking princess, everybody. Yeah. What's up? Yeah, photo op, but then like... Oh, send just... people to the grocery for you. Sure. But yeah, I think my answer is also no. Yeah. Would I want to be in charge? Absolutely not. Did it make you cry? No. I got a little misty. Did you? Yeah, when everybody was, like, bowing to him at the end. Yeah. Because it's that, like, again, what we talked about with James and the Giant Peach, that, like, satisfying feeling of a character getting validation. Yeah. The crowd, like, thinking that he was crazy for saying he pulled the sword out, but then he, like, proves them all wrong. I don't know. There's something about that. That is nice. Because, like I've said a million times, I hate the trope of, like, a character experiencing something and everyone thinking that it's fake. Mm -hmm. I don't know. It makes me feel bad. Yeah. And then, you know, him feeling so, like, worthless his entire life and then finding out that he's special. Right. It's just like, oh, He's more special than anyone he's ever met. Yeah. That's just really sweet. So, uh, talk about having to take a minute to process things. Yeah, for real. I'm gonna go sit on this giant throne. Yeah. This crown that doesn't even fit. All right, so tell me some facts, figures, trivia, excitement. So this movie came out in June. June 21st, 1963. Tight. My it, mom would have been three years old. Yeah. Almost. My mom was six. Yeah. Almost six years old. Yeah. It had a budget of $3 million. It yeah. grossed $22.2 I saw that. So Which I wonder ass. how much money that is in today's money. Oof. That's a good, that's a good question. I'm going to Google it. Okay. It has a Rotten Tomatoes score of only 66%. That's so low, I think. I think so, too. What is, what's your complaint about it? It's delightful. The tagline is, it's Higgadus Figgadus for magical mirth and music, which is adorable. It is adorable, but hard to say. Yes. Calculate the value of a million dollars in 1963. So one million do- Oh, wait. This- I found a calculator. Yeah. How much did it make? 22.2 million. Holy shit. <laughs> All right. So I've Googled it. $22 million in 1963 translates to... $190 million in 2021. Damn. I would say a great success. Yeah. What else you got? Because I went down a rabbit hole and didn't look up any of the normal things that I usually do. Well, you know, I tried to, but there's not really a lot of information about, you know, the things that we normally look up. Oh, this person was almost cast, you know, in this role. Oh, yeah, because it's such an old movie. Child. Yeah, you don't really get a lot of that. There is a little bit. The guy who voiced Merlin mm-hmm. originally auditioned for Archimedes. Oh. And then they said, no, actually, we need you to read for Merlin instead. The director, Wolfgang Reitherman, yes. said that roughly 70 people auditioned for the part of Merlin, but none of them were quite eccentric as he wanted them to be. Oh. Because he wanted Merlin to be eccentric, but not hokey. So he was trying to find this perfect balance. And so they finally got Carl Swenson to do it. To do Merlin? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So there's a couple other uh, Junius Matthews who ended up playing Archimedes. And he was also Rabbit in a lot of the original Winnie the Pooh stuff. Yeah. And then Sebastian Cabot, who voices 
Sir Ector also mm-hmm. voiced Winnie the Pooh in the first oh. four like Winnie the Pooh movies and Bagheera in Jungle Book a couple years later. Oh, cute. So if he sounds really familiar, it's because yeah, it's he was Bagheera. also the narrator. Yeah, yeah, which I didn't I didn't even notice that. So guy's doing great. Yeah, three different children voiced Arthur. Oh, really? Yeah. So they started off with this one kid, Ricky Sorensen. Yeah. I couldn't find out how long. So I have a little bit of history about this movie. The book was written in 1938. Yeah. They bought the rights to it in 1939. Oh. To do this story. But there was like a, some kind of war happening at the time. Just really occupying everybody's oh. attention. Never heard of it. So World War II was currently going on. Oh, and that Disney one, yeah. had to was being made to dedicate all of their time and resources towards making cartoons for the armed forces. Right. So they didn't make any movies at this time. Lots of goofy training videos. Right. <laughs> so they just kind of sat on Sword in the Stone for a little bit. Yeah, that makes um, sense. In the late forties, they were like, "Hey, this is a thing we're working on," and they like kept saying it, and then they finally put it out in 1963. Yeah. But I don't know when they started recording the voices. But so when the movie finally came out in 1963 ricky Sorensen was 17 oh so in the middle of production he started going through puberty oh no so they were like we have to replace you because you sound like an adult man now yeah which you can kind of hear sometimes yeah so they replaced him with two children for some reason they got the director wolfgang reitherman got his two sons robert and richard hmm. to finish recording interesting but i mean so you can in some places it's super glaring yeah. In the end, where Arthur is alone in this room and he says, I wish Merlin were here. His voice is very deep. And then oh. you hear this like, he goes, yeah. Merlin, Merlin. And it's like three octaves lower because it's a child. Oh. That. So it's really weird. I don't know why they left it in. I mean, why they didn't just start over. Yeah. With these know. kids. Maybe they were finally like, look, it's almost done. Yeah. <laughs> We've been working on this since the beginning of time. Yeah. I mean, it, it almost would have made more sense just to leave Ricky Sorensen in the whole time and just been like, he's a teenager. Teenage boys go through puberty, obviously. Yeah. I mean, I... It's a story about growing up. I didn't really notice because yeah. I was just like, oh, this movie's so fun. I'm having such a good time. That's true. Now, you know? Knowing it now, if you go back and watch it, yeah, you'll be probably. like, those are different. Those are different people who yeah. just said that. Sometimes, yeah, even in the same scene. Interesting. Yeah. Most of the actors are American Okay, in this movie. Even though it's... Even though it's set in London. Yeah. Sebastian Cabot, who plays Sir Ector, is British. However, the guys who voiced Merlin and Archimedes and Kay, and then also, obviously, Arthur, yeah, are all American. Most of them do a pretty good job. The guy who voices Kay, his accent is terrible, but... Well, he says, like, three things. What are you gonna do? Yeah. He sounds more Australian than anything. He's, yeah. like, the guy who played him, Norman Alden, is, like, a cowboy actor. He's, oh. like, in a bunch of cowboy stuff. Weird. It's just, like, he did great. Yeah, they just got him because they were like, well, I'm not doing anything. Yeah. So mostly I wanted to focus on one of my favorite things in older Disney animation, which is the Milt Call Head Swaggle is what it's called. Okay. Which shows up a lot in this movie. So Milt Call is one of the nine old men, which have shown up a lot in our research. I don't know if you've noticed it in a lot of these older movies, but I had never actually looked into them. Yeah. And I figured, you know, there's not a lot about this movie, so I'm going to actually like research the nine old men. Okay. So who they were i'm not going to list them all but there were these nine dudes who right. started with snow white and the seven dwarves in 1937 yeah and walt disney himself lovingly referred to them as the nine old men 
Oh. They were his, like, chief animators. Oh, okay. And then a lot of them went on to direct movies. Yeah. Wolfgang Reitherman was one of them. Milt Call is another one. And he, every animator has their own, you know, they just put their own little, like, things so that when you're watching it you're like oh this person did that like a little signature sort of thing yeah yeah milt call does this thing and i'll i'll link a video with a bunch of examples because this is obviously not a visual medium oh (laughs) (laughs) but he does this thing that mostly you see in this movie it's mostly sir ector is doing it Mm. where his characters will while talking like wiggle their head back and forth oh yeah yeah yeah. which is really hard to do it's really hard to animate yeah because you have to keep their mouth moving and their head you know there's a lot of angles happening at once right and milk call was really good at it nice so his characters do it all the time and you see it in jungle book you see it in like just all these other movies that he does so i just wanted to look into that because he's super cute but he did not want to work on this movie. He was working at the same time on a movie called Chanticleer. Oh. In the 1950s. That's so funny. Yeah. So Chanticleer and The Sword in the Stone were being worked on at the same time. Yeah. But Disney had decided at that point that he was only going to release a feature length film every four years. So he really had to, like, kind of pick and choose what he was going to do because he was also in the midst of making plans for Disney World. Yes. So Roy Disney, actually, his older brother was like, maybe you should just quit doing feature-length films altogether, Hmm. which would be a bizarre world to live in if Disney just didn't make movies. But Yeah, like, just TV. Yeah, just, like, short cartoons and, yeah, Yeah. very strange. But Walt Disney said, no, 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 no. We're still doing feature-length films, but we're only going to put out one every four years. Right. So they put out... Now they put out one every four days. Yeah. (laughs) So 101 Dalmatians came out in 1960 or 1959, right around there. Yeah. So they had two these two projects in development, which was Chanticleer and The Sword in the Stone. And they were like, which one are we going to do? Milt Call was working on Chanticleer. And so was Wolfgang Reitherman. Yeah. They put together this giant elaborate storyboard, presented it to this boardroom... They were like, this is our pitch. We want to make this movie. And they were met with just complete silence. Yeah, because the story of Chanticleer is fucking ridiculous, as we know. Yes. <laughs> but they were like, it would be fun. We want to do it. It seems like a lot of fun. Yeah. Everybody, I mean, just crickets. Until one guy said, you can't make a personality out of a chicken. And you know what? So... I think he was right. <laughs> he might have been right. After watching Rockadoodle. But I feel like Milt Call could do it. Because if you see, you know, his characters of like Sir Ector and Bagheera and Shere yeah. Khan the Tiger, yeah. you know, I think he could have had a lot more fun. He did at one point say, I can draw a mean rooster. All right. Yeah. But so. I wish that that had gotten made also. I know. I, I would love to see that movie. Done both. Yeah. When they presented it to Walt Disney, he said, you know, he had to pick one. Do I make Sword in the Stone? Do I make Chanticleer? He said, you know, when it comes down to it, you don't feel like picking up a rooster and petting it. So he didn't go in that direction because it wasn't like cuddly enough, I guess. I wouldn't say that Sword in the Stone. I mean, I feel like if I were Walt Disney, I would have picked Sword in the Stone in that moment too. Yeah. Just because it feels like a safer option. If you're only going to make a movie every four years and you need to make money off of it, like it right. being like a classic tale that everybody, you yeah. know, people will like enjoy. Right. Does feel safer. But I don't think that it's weird reasoning yeah yeah so milk call got felt pretty butthurt because he had worked really hard on chanticleer and then he was made to he's like now you gotta go work on the sword and the stone Mm -hmm. i don't want to (laughs) so he kind of got in a fight with this other guy bill pete who 
did most of the anime who was working on sword and the yeah, stone up until that point write it too mm-hmm. he wrote the screenplay yeah. yeah he was pretty much the only guy at that point working on it and then so they brought Ritherman, they brought call over and they were like final dear stupid arthur movie yeah so but i thought that was interesting and just the fact that there was almost a chanticleer disney movie in the 1960s yeah. is insane i'm genuinely so. wish that we could see that that what the storyboard looked like. Yes, I know. I don't know what story they would have gone with. Like, and if probably. it followed the original French play. It definitely, yeah, was more along the lines I mean, of... obviously it wouldn't have been an Elvis. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Elvis Rooster. Around, right? But when I don't did... think that they would have done that at that time. No, like, the Disney so animation studio. Yeah. But yeah, the, the Nine Old Men were around from 1937 until the last one retired after working on the great mouse detective in 1986 wow so almost 50 years of animation these nine guys just you know they're in some capacity which that's fun it's crazy it is fun yeah i i am glad that you mentioned that because i love the idea of like each animator having a personality and i'm always curious about stuff like that yeah that's cute yeah this is fun to see yeah now we need to learn all of them Yes. I want to know. Ooh, that would be fun. He definitely, I had a note, like, kind of at the beginning. I was like, I think in the the Replay Rewind Hall of Fame, which I feel like at this point includes Don Bluth and Frank Welker, because he's in literally everything we've ever done. Yeah. I feel like Milt Kalk should go up there, just because yeah. he's responsible for so much shit, and and I love him. Yeah. Um, And then I have a couple notes about, just about the book that it was based on, which is a lot more whimsical and fantastical at some point they meet a griffin oh that Kay kills and brings his head back merlin turns him into a fish first and he also turns him into an ant a badger and a wild goose oh and he turns him into an ant they go fight the griffin after meeting robin hood and little john cute they go to hang out with them then they meet a griffin and then they fight it the griffin breaks arthur's collarbone so he has to lay in bed for a little while while he's doing that, Merlin turns him into an ant, and he has an ant farm in his bedroom, and he goes and crawls around with them for a little bit, Cute. and learns that ants think in binary terms of done and not done. Ugh. Those are the only two options. Cute. Which, yeah, I thought was really adorable. Yeah. Mostly the reason that I brought it up, though, because when we were talking about how long England had been without a king mm-hmm. in the book, Arthur is actually Uther Pendragon's son. Oh, okay. So it starts and out- he knows- he does not know. He doesn't know. Okay. He has no idea who his parents are. The royal family is like, where is Arthur? Okay. Arthur only knows that his name is Wart. That's yeah. the only name that he's ever He known. doesn't know that his name is even actually Arthur. Yeah. Yeah. And there actually was a, which it's on YouTube and I'll post it, there was an alternate beginning that explained that version of the story. Oh, okay. Uther Pendragon has died. His son Arthur is missing. And in that version of the story, he actually meets Mim first. Oh. And then Merlin like, saves him Okay, from Mim meets and says, Mim I'm going to teach you. Before Merlin. So they changed yeah. a lot from the book yeah. to the movie. But but it makes sense. And it, it already, does. it is an hour and 45 minutes, the yeah. runtime for the movie. Right. So I feel like they had to cut a bunch of stuff out. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, that's all I got. Interesting. Well, I think... I also, because this is like an older movie, so there is like less information out there, but there's more stuff that we can dive into that we don't usually get to see all the time. I wanted to look into Technicolor. Yeah. 
Because so many of the movies that we watch at the beginning say, filmed in Technicolor. Right, what does that mean? Um, And it's been, like, mentioned a couple times, and I also remember reading one Ebert review, which I think was for the Brave Little Toaster, where he praised a return to the Technicolor look. Okay. Or something like that. So I was like, what does that mean? I have time, because there's not a lot of other information. Yeah. I'm gonna look at this. So these two guys go to Switzerland just to get PhDs. In 1906. Okay. Is where this all starts. So then they get their PhDs, they're pals. In 1912, they've started a research and development firm, and they get hired to analyze the concept of a flicker-free motion picture system. Okay. And that got them interested in the science of filmmaking, and then specifically in the usage of color, Mm -hmm. because obviously there aren't color movies at this point. Right. So they decide to see if they can figure out how to put color into movies. So the way that they start adding color to black and white movies was kind of complicated for my small brain to understand. (laughs) But basically, they started out by splitting the film into two consecutive frames and then putting a red filter over one and a green filter over the other and then putting it back together. So the, this doesn't give you, like, the whole range of color, but it, like, adds color to the movie. Yeah. But this was, a, like, a really complicated process that kind of you kind of have to do, like, while the movie is playing. Mm-hmm. So you have to have a very, like, experienced projectionist yeah. to do this. So it wasn't very practical. So they're like, okay, let's try, instead of filtering the black and white through the color, we'll physically put the colors in the print. Mm-hmm. So you don't need any, like, special projection equipment. And you don't need, like, a highly skilled projectionist. Yeah. And that still gives it, like, those two colors, but it still isn't... It's, like, really dark, saturated color, because they're, like, dyeing the film. Yeah. So, their next attempt, the way that they got it to be full color, I thought was really interesting, because it kind of relates to the way that I do hair color. (laughs) Because there's so much color theory involved. Yeah. So, for the green filtered images, they use an orange-red toner, and then for the red-filtered ones, they used a cyan green toner, so, mm-hmm. like, the opposite of the color wheel. Mm-hmm. And they decided to use toner because it's transparent. So, therefore, the highlights sense. remain clear and the dark areas remain dark. Yeah. Which is kind of the difference in hair color between using, like, a permanent color, which is so opaque, and then a toner, which just adds, like, a transparent layer Yeah. to give you the colors that you want. The problem with this process, though, was that it made two prints that had to be cemented together back to back to create a single print. Oh, man. So physically, it wasn't very practical because there was always some slippage between the two. Yeah. And apparently, once the film had been run through the projector a bunch, it would start to, like, warp Uh because the film itself was so thick. So their solution to that (laughs) was that they started using gelatin for the film. Okay. Because it's more flexible and not as thick. And the gelatin film would be, like, thicker where it's darker and thinner where it's lighter because it would, you know, let more light through on the projection. Yeah. Which I just feel like would have looked really weird. Yeah. You'd be like, I can feel this movie. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, this is a really bright scene. (laughs) I know this is, like, a lot of technical information, but I think it's really interesting Mm -hmm. and it feels, like, appropriate to talk about on such an old movie. So... Technicolor had figured this out as early as 1924, and then by 1929, Hollywood was making almost exclusively color films. Okay. But the Great Depression really took a toll on the movie industry, and the color process was really expensive, so they had to rethink their strategy. So in 1932, they invented a three-color movie camera, which could simultaneously expose three strips of black and white film, each of which recorded a different color of the spectrum, So it's adding the color in as it's filmed instead of as a secondary process. Sure. 
There were a lot of other companies at the same time who were working on ways to add color to movies, but the reason that Technicolor had such an advantage over everyone else is that they were doing a subtractive color process instead of an additive one. Mm -hmm. So because you were recording on strips of film that were already dyed, the images that you capture with the camera are just the black and white, meaning no one needed any special projection equipment to watch it, and the film itself was not dimmed by any light-absorbing added color layers. Yeah. And of course, the process is much faster because it's like a single step instead of a thousand. Right. So how this ties back in, one of the guys who invented this, Herbert Calmeux, convinced Walt Disney to shoot one of his silly symphony cartoons in Technicolor in 1932. Mm -hmm. And they loved it so much they had an exclusive contract with Disney for several years. So like nobody else could use this Technicolor system and Disney wouldn't use any other systems. Right. It kind of like gave them an edge on everybody else. Yeah. Um, and that first cartoon that they filmed in Technicolor won the very first Academy Award for the best animated short film. Nice. And this kind of gave color filming the credibility that it needed to gain wide acceptance within Hollywood. Especially at this time, after the Great Depression, all the major studios were pretty broke, and the thought of being able to use color was appealing mm -hmm. and kind of seen as a way to maybe, like, save the dying industry. Yeah. So this whole process was the preferred method until about 1955. And then basically a bunch of other companies got into the business and found better ways to do it, is the TLDR of it all. Mm -hmm. It has been used a lot in film restoration. Because the dye transfer process used stable acid dyes, Technicolor okay. prints are considered archival quality. Nice. A Technicolor print will retain its original colors virtually unchanged for decades, whereas prints printed on other kinds of stock will suffer color fading after exposure to light and heat and humidity and all that. Right, all the things that you need to show a movie right <laughs> all that to say the bright colors of this movie really really added to like how enjoyable it was and i just wanted to take a minute to understand like how and why technicolor was such a big deal back in the day and why movies made with it seem to have a different and like specific quality and that in some way contributes to like the positive feelings that i have for movies of that era yeah because they have their own they literally do have an edge look yeah, that nothing else... The colors are, like, so bright and saturated yeah. in a way that other, you know... Yeah, even... not only different, but, like, more advanced than everyone else at the time. Yeah, and I almost wonder if that's why, like, a lot of the movies that we have watched from the 80s, I feel like we have been like, this feels really dark. Yeah. Because I feel like it was, like, Technicolor until, like, the 60s or 70s, and then it was, like, CGI... Mm -hmm. in the 90s but like in the 80s is like this weird in between where nothing is like bright enough yeah i don't know yeah interesting yeah they were like getting away from that or they weren't using well the other processes were just faster and you know disney's making movies every four years like you said so they're kind of like this is the best looking way to do it so we'll just keep doing it yeah so huh very interesting yeah i thought so and that's why technicolor is cool <laughs> yeah i'm glad you looked that up because i same i have always wondered that like you know you see like oh filmed in technicolor it's like yeah. what the hell does that mean right it's a brand of film now we know yeah it's very cool i also i didn't write it down but side note that herbert kelmu's ex-wife mm -hmm. was still a part of the company even after they divorced and he would send her to like filmings where people are using technicolor to keep everyone in line, make yeah. sure that they weren't, like, using any colors that the film couldn't handle, and, like, 
Um, it had to be filmed in really bright light, so making sure that everything fit the standard. And apparently she was just, like, really hard to get along with and no one liked her. <laughs> oh, no. But I kind of love the there was a woman involved in so much of these processes. She yeah. doesn't ever really get talked about. But I feel like there aren't a lot of women involved, like, behind the scenes of movie making in this time period. Yeah, or there are, and they just don't and get talked about. we talk about them, yeah. <laughs> yeah, which seems to happen a lot. Yeah. But yeah. So that's Technicolor. That's awesome. Well, smart move on Walt Disney's part. Yeah. For sure. Absolutely. Yeah, because it really gave them their own mm-hmm. brand of like bright, happy, animated. Yeah. Yeah. I'm glad that um, this movie being so old kind of gave us some room to talk about stuff that maybe we wouldn't have looked into before. Me too. That was fun. Every it's time fun I... Movie. Yeah, every time I read about the nine old men, I'm like, who is that? And I'll deal with it later, because there's so much stuff to talk about. <laughs> yeah. um, but it was it was cool to look into that a little bit. The nine old men. Yeah. Sounds like that could be a movie in its own right. I'm sure there's like a documentary about them. Oh, probably. that, that I should probably watch. <laughs> if Sounds we were like good a at lot our of work. If we were good at our fake jobs. Yeah. I guess we would do that. All right. All right. Well, thanks for tuning in. Yeah. Thanks for tuning in. <laughs> you know, like on a radio. To this radio station. <laughs> on your to cell phone. To this radio broadcast. Yeah. Aha. Where can they find us on the internet, Bucket Snake? I don't know. They probably just Google us and find us, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> you heard her. Just Google us. Bye. <laughs> no, we're on Instagram at Replay Rewind Podcast. We're on Tumblr at the same. We have an email address. It's Replay Rewind Podcast at gmail.com. You can listen to us on goddamn Stitcher, fucking Google, shitting Spotify, and ass Apple. No! (laughs) Ass Apple. That's all I got. Sorry. Wow. Got any suggestions? You probably do, (laughs) because... You probably do. We don't know what we're doing. You watched... (laughs) About movies we should do, not just in general. Oh, yeah. We don't need your life advice. (laughs) Thanks. We have enough of our own. In the meantime, you go ahead. You stay fresh. You beautiful cheese bag. And as always, reduce, reuse, recycle, replay, and rewind. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health Right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.